BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Episode 26 of your favorite podcast about all things elite. Welcome to All Things Elite. I'm your host, Floyd Johnson, and with me today is my good friend, All Elite Tiffany. How are you doing today, Tiffany? I am great. How are you? I am well. Uh, as it seems like every week, we start with amazing news amazing news i was like i was doing i did my show notes i've been doing them through the week so i would be better at getting all the notes that came out so i was like oh big story of the week and i was like and we'll talk about this later i was going to start with brandy's promo i was like man that was crazy kind of blew everything out the water so we we talked and said we were going to record today at 3 30 and i was like well the tickets are going on sale which would be cool 
I was like, that'll be cool to talk about. We can talk about how many tickets sold or whatever. But <laughs> I was like, uh, so I was like, I went to the movie, went to see The Boys, uh, The Good Boys, The Good Boys, that new Seth Rogen movie. And I laughed. It was hilarious. Everyone should go see it if you like raunchy comedy. If you do not <laughs> like raunchy comedy, do not see it. And also, if you care about what your children see, keep them as far away from this movie as possible. Man, it was raunchy. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I went to see the movie. I come out. And, you know, I got some alerts on my phone. I'm like, oh, okay. So, and it didn't even cross my mind. So, first thing I'll pull up is the, the graphic from AEW. And it shows, a, it shows Philly on one side, Boston on the other. And dumb them SOBs did it again. <laughs> double <laughs> double sellout. And uh, so the Wednesday, October 9th in Boston and Wednesday, October 16th in Philadelphia sold out both buildings. And it, from what I can tell, all reports, it was less than an hour. So what was it? It was what uh i think one was supposed to hold like 7000 and the other something like that i didn't see the actual yeah. actual numbers of the but they both sold out so again in two in another week they sold out another over 10,000 tickets to their events i you know again uh it was like i'm sitting there and i'm trying to write a tweet like when i first saw it and i was like <laughs> I don't I don't have words because it's not that I doubted them. It's not really that I doubted them. I was just like I I you know, I started falling into that same line of thinking, you know. Well, they picked holiday weekends. Well, you know, uh they, you know, picked they did the Starcast thing around it. They do the meet and greets. But this is a Wednesday in the middle of the week. Yeah, and with DC, you have the fact that it's the very first one. But this, yeah. these are now, is not the first one. And so that, even with DC, we, we, you know, we knew it would sell out eventually. We didn't know it was going to happen as soon as it did, right that very first day, within the first couple hours. And like you said um, last time, like more due to server issues, or it would have probably sold out within less than an hour um, for the DC show. But that also made sense because, like you said, double or nothing holiday weekend all-out holiday weekend, you've got StarCast, and then, of course, D DC is the very first ever AEW on TNT, so, of course, the uh, demand to be there is so high. But here we are again, <laughs> two events go on sale at the same day, less than an hour, and they're both sold out. I mean, it's unreal. Yeah, it's absolutely unreal. Because, you know, they're kind of in the same area. I know these are hugely densely populated areas but they're kind of the same area so you like yeah, washington sure. dc philly they're only two and a half hours away he's like yeah okay well all the people that are gonna go i don't think a lot of people are gonna fly to philadelphia me and you had decided we're gonna stay at home and you know watch the show you you know you like real regular people and well, yeah, watch it at home yeah yeah watch it at home respectively because you know traveling gets expensive so i was like yeah again I figured they would sell a lot of tickets. I am not saying I didn't think they would sell a lot of tickets. I thought they would probably both be about 80% sold. 
or one sold out and one night quite sold out? I think you make a really good point about the fact that you and I are two perfect examples of people who go and travel very often to see AEW, and we're not going to these because at some point you have to draw the line and save some money and take some time off. So I think that's, I think a lot of people with Double or Nothing all out and then that first DC show, I think a lot of the fans that will uh, consistently travel to see AEW probably had to stop there too with the holidays coming up and with a lot of, you know, just the consistency of travel starts to add up, which makes me believe that that is genuinely a, those sellouts for those cities are not so much flying, which to me is huge because, you know, obviously with the double or nothing and all out selling out as quickly as they did. in even DC, you know, you had a lot of people probably flying in for those, but that just shows that it doesn't, it has nothing to do with, people going from all over the world, not to say there won't be people traveling. Of course there will, but I think it'll be a lesser percentage for those TV ones moving forward, especially because it's going to be weekly. So that the uh, urgency to travel to see it will be lessened. And yet here we are with more sellouts. So it's, it's just absolutely incredible. And I know Matt and Nick, they always seem to be the ones that are just like, this is never going to like feel real. And this is never going to get old. And I think we're all in the same boat. We're just, not that, you know, it's not a case of doubt. It's just in awe of, of realizing, I think, that um, that so many people feel the way we feel about AEW. It's starting to actually sink in how big this really is. Absolutely. Forbes. I mean, within two hours, Forbes has an article out about this. Wow. This is like, this is not like, oh, my God, AEW is just kind of tooting their own horn. These are major companies that. You know, money means a big deal to saying, you know what, this is a hot product. This is something people want to see. And it's just, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm really, I'm ecstatic. But like I said, they're even blowing my expectations out the water. If I would have said, you know, if I came in two months ago and said, they're going to announce their, uh, they're going to announce their first three TV weeks and they're going to sell out every one of them. You know, most people would be like, you're like a homer. You're just an AEW shill. But every week they keep doing it. And it's just like, it's it stops. At some point, it stops being being a shill. And it's just, you're just stating facts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and you know, a lot of people are like, I've heard WWE's canceling house shows. Of course, I am like, that's apples and oranges. You know, this is new. This is exciting. You know, people don't. People like when you do look with any other product, you kind of know what you're going to get. And this product, so new, you really don't know what you're going to get except good shows. You know what I mean? So everybody, Definitely. everybody wants to be probably, you know, hey, I was at that show. I was at that show. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that, you know, that runs through my veins that I was at that show. It was like if there was any way I could go to every one of these shows, I would. But <laughs> 100 Yes, but. We don't have to. They're they're okay. You know what? It was like that because it's that gut feeling. You know, I don't know how you feel, but I, and believe me, I it doesn't make me think I'm a bigger influence or anything. But it's like we we're the flying fans, so it's like, are they going to be able to do it without us? You know what I mean? Yes, yes, I know, and it's it's more of a loyalty thing too. It's not like I'm doubting them, but. You know, we've, we've been there for everything, so it's hard to, yeah. to imagine. And then you still get a sellout, and I wasn't even trying to get tickets today. And, 
that was also, I have to say, kind of a nice feeling to not be stressed out about that. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, this is, like I said, it's really starting to sink in how huge this is because, you know, for us, we're so into this and have been now for a while. But, I mean, I think it's starting to, before even TV has started, to, like, gain a sort of a trend. And that's incredible. Yeah, it's like, I know that first week TV number is going to be high. There's no doubt in my mind, you know. It used to be like, uh, I don't know, maybe if they advertise enough. Now I know that first week TV number is going to be high. I know people yeah, are going to sure. tune tune in that first week. And if they can, I, I know they will, but if they can knock it out of the park and get people to tune in the second week and the third week, you know, that's what it's going to be. But it's just like, yeah, I don't like, I don't know if Tony Khan could have even imagined this. You know, no, I, I don't. I don't think. Any, I think as much as they all knew, they were confident in the talent they had and the minds put together to create something special. Like, I mean, I don't think anybody could have dreamed this as being as going as perfectly as it has. I mean, and I just, it, I couldn't be like you said, just more ecstatic over it. Because um, you know, the more success they have, the more we get from content and shows and just everything. So it, it's win-win for everybody. Yeah, I just want to, uh, I do want to say, I think it does go to show you. if On these shows, when you're doing shows every week, it's important to make your tickets affordable. Like, first That's row, huge. 90 bucks, you know, you know, you know, in the back, 20 bucks. That's smart. And I just think, definitely, there are things that can be learned from this going forward for anyone just make your tickets affordable you're going to be doing a weekly show no one wants to shell out 500 bucks for a weekly show no definitely it, not and not even a pay-per-view at that and yeah. not that it wouldn't be worth it you know obviously for AEW, it's you know a top dollar but it, it's smart like you said this is a weekly show people cannot afford to just drop 500 bucks you know for the most expensive ticket 90 is unheard of and that's just awesome and then like you said 20 is the cheapest ticket i mean it's there's a, a price range for everybody which is so special to have that availability to fans because everyone should be able to go and it just kind of stems from you know the everything that aew has done has been aews for everyone and that goes as far as their fans who may not have a ton of money and i think that's really huge and it's very important and i think like you said there's a lot to learn maybe for other companies that might want to take some notes yeah, uh, I I will use this as an example. This is just real numbers. Uh, I was uh, I used to go to every WWE show that came anywhere near Oklahoma City, and I'm gonna have no problem. And you know, I love you know WWE. But uh, one time there was I think it was Saturday, uh, Saturday, July 27th. There was a house show here, and it was like, oh, you can get in for ten dollars, right? So you charge ten dollars to get to in. And I think it was a $27 fees and taxes when they were done. So the fees and taxes were more than the ticket. And and a friend of mine was like, I'm not going. I am not paying that much in fees and taxes to go to that event. And I don't know how many people they sold. I never, you know, never asked, never cared. The event came and went. But it was just like, yeah. I when I when I when I see a ten dollar ticket, 
okay, I understand. I might, after taxes and fees, have to pay $17. But the taxes and fees shouldn't be more than my ticket. I even noticed all these AEW tickets when we bought tickets last week or whatever. You know, the taxes and fees are normalized, you know, when you yeah, buy them from true. Sears Center or whatever. So when they say, when I've heard other companies say, oh, that's just Ticketmaster, I think you got a little control over it. I think you got a little yeah, bit. There's, yeah. there's definitely some sort of convenience fee or, or uh, event fee that they're getting that money elsewhere. So a $10 ticket costing you more than double should not be the case. Someone's yes. getting that money somewhere. Exactly. And it's just, I don't know, just the prices, you know, of course, they're, they are choosing major cities. Don't get me wrong. They are choosing huge cities. They're not selling out. They're not selling out Tulsa, Oklahoma right now. But... Just think, this is where it starts. I mean, this is what, how Raw started. This is how Nitro started. They picked, you know, big cities. They picked cities where people would come watch wrestling. And I and I am very happy uh, for that. But, yes, definitely three weeks in a row, first three weeks, sold out. Absolutely. Like, of course, you know, they might do production releases or whatever, but they're sold out as uh, far as that considered, uh, they have announced on AEW or All Elite Wrestling Twitter that on Monday at 11 o'clock, which is their time, that noon Eastern, they are going to announce where City 4 and 5 are and the ticket on sale dates. And I keep, and, you know, I'm really excited and I, of course, want AEW to come close to us, but I keep like, I keep wanting my cities or the cities closer to me to be a little further away so I can kind of build up the bank account so I can buy tickets. I, I agree. I was thinking, I, I replied saying Kansas City, and then after I replied, I'm like thinking, well, maybe Doug, let me, let's give us a little time. Like, yeah. We need to refresh things. But, but uh, obviously, if they come, we're going to go. But, but yeah, after the new year, I, I'd be down for that. Yes, exactly. It's like, hey, you want to give me the, like, uh, you want to give me the November, December? I'd be cool, but yeah, yeah I, I, I don't mind. Exactly. I don't mind waiting a little bit because, like I said, you got to kind of replenish the bank accounts. But Definitely. Uh, I, I was thinking about too with um, everything about the sellouts and that they're doing everything right with um, not just the cities they're booking, but like we said, just you know, I think um, another thing to mention is that I, I just absolutely love that they're not doing house shows because you mentioned WB canceling house shows. And I think that, you know, when you have too much of something, it's also not a good thing in so many ways. And once a week, not only is it good on the wrestlers because their bodies are not going to be just so beaten up from wrestling every night. And then the extra travel and just lack of sleep, so many things for like health and mental reasons. It's so important to not bombard them with a schedule like that. But on top of it, once a week, you know, you're not making the fans try to spend so much money to be at so many things. And then on top of it, you know, they're helping their fans by not charging an arm and a leg for tickets. So I just think the once a week TV is just perfect. And, you know, I don't know. I just really love everything that they're doing. It's just they seem to be just making all the right moves uh, going into t TV. 
A- absolutely. Uh, I there is. I wish I could agree or say it better than that. It's just. It seems like every move they make. Of course, they say they treat themselves like the startup company, but it's like the startup company that has this amazing product that everybody wants, and they're making the right moves with it. Because you know, some companies come out and they're like, "Okay, they sell out that one, they sell out that one city." They're like, "Okay, next week we're going to announce ten cities or five cities." No, we're just going to give you two. You know, <laughs> the, the next time, okay, we're just kind of make you, you wait for it. So you get two sell out, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, excited." Well, you know, then another company would be like any other company. Probably like if it was me, I would get more aggressive. Well, we're going to do five cities next time. They're like, no, nope, no, nope, we're playing it cool. Just two <laughs> more cities. I just think that is, like, like I said, for me, they have a plan. They, I mean, of course, Tony Khan, the business person, you know, they hired the best people. They have a plan. They are executing that plan, and this is—I I even saying I'm giving this more to the the uh, organizers in the background, the people that are looking at pricing trends, where fans are, you know, what uh, buildings they can pick, the, you know, the people you will never hear about. I'm giving yeah. them a shout out because they are picking the right cities, that you know, they are picking the right times for tickets to go on sale. They are doing everything right. They are being patient. They had, like I said, they had a game plan, and it is executing it perfectly. I don't think anyone can find a flaw, you know, without, like, being super nitpicky, a flaw in their actual business strategy. I'm not talking about the programming, the work, and all this stuff, which I love. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the business strategy that they're doing that they're executing. I mean, the AEW shirts, you look on you look on Pro Wrestling Tees and their top ten shirts, half are AEW. You know. You know, they're yep. selling out buildings, you know, they're selling out hotels. I mean, good Lord, you know, we're going we're going to Chicago and putting putting in rooms everywhere. And it's just the business plan is just perfect right now. Absolutely. Yeah, and they're giving credit to all their people. You know, they're bringing everybody with them, and I love it. And it's like it's renegade, but it's professionally done. It's like it has this renegade feel, but there's some really smart people behind the success of this company. Absolutely. I, I mean, we keep we can't say it enough. Like you said, they're just you know you can't find a flaw in it unless you're really trying. And when I mean by trying, you're being nitpicky or just want to be. Negative, but if you're just being realistic, whether you want AEW to succeed or not, whether you're a fan or not, whether you like Cody or Brandy or the Bucks, it doesn't matter. You can't deny that they are doing everything right since January. They have slow paced this build and made it work, and you can't deny it because the proof is in the numbers. The three sellouts in a row for TV. I mean, right there alone, the sellout for Double or Nothing, the sellout for All Out. I mean, the numbers don't lie. So they're they're making all the right moves, and I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Yes, yeah, and yes, I completely agree. Uh, I like I said, bidding ah, bidding ah. So I will ask you, uh, Miss Tiffany, one of the experts on the elite. Where do you think the two cities, four and five, are going to be? Do you, first of all, let me broader question. Do you think they're going to stay on the East Coast for four and five? I I don't. I think they're going to finally surprise us and go out west. 
Do you think they're going to go out west for four and five? Okay. I do. I really do. So you think Los Angeles, or do you think? I'm. I could see L.A. Maybe uh, Northern and Southern California. Maybe something along those lines. I just feel like they've done everything. Like you know, they haven't really done much in the West Coast. Um, besides that, we did have, of course, double or nothing. But we've had, you know, we have the uh, D.C., Boston, Philly. And I feel like, you know, we've got SoCal Uncensored, we've got the Bucks, we've got a strong presence from Southern California and California in general in AEW. So I think they're going to shock us and move to the other side of the country for the next two. That would be so awesome. That would be that would be awesome. Uh, I I would definitely be all about it. You know, if I had to take, I was sitting here thinking of my cities. And I saw someone on our uh, page. Uh, someone on our page said he was hoping that they uh, uh, rumored Baltimore. And I was like, Baltimore and DC, kind of. You know, I know people yeah, that are Redskins. So yeah, people that are Redskins fans and Ravens fans will kill me. But I'm like, isn't that like kind of the same city? <laughs> It'll be very, like, very yeah. Close. yeah. It's like when people are like, oh, they're doing Oklahoma City and Dallas when they do a routine. I'm like, you <laughs> you don't really need to do both because everybody in Oklahoma City is going to go to Dallas if they want to see, see the show. Yeah. So, so you probably should pick one. I'm not gonna like I said. I'm not gonna doubt it. I imagine if they do Baltimore, it would kill. Cause yeah, you know Philly's close to Baltimore and DC's close to Baltimore. So I don't know that it just feels like it would be all in the same area. I think of course they're gonna hit Florida up soon. I'm guessing. I'm thinking. I think that's gonna be. I have it like when it gets close to winter, you know, and they don't want to be in freezing cold. They'll probably do their Florida swing. But uh, I think one of the cities will be New York. I'm thinking that's week okay. four. I think I think week four will be New York. I, it's just too big of a market not to hit up before. And then I think they go west. I, I, I go west. Yeah, I think San Diego is my. Do you think that it'll be New York and San Diego for the two next two? Like where it'll, they're going to have one on one side on the east and one on the west? Yes. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, one, wow. I think New York will be the last one in October because I believe that'll be the last. It'll because they they what is it uh, ninth and the, okay, so they still got the twenty third and the thirtieth. So I think I think that's what they're gonna do. Well, now that I think out loud, uh, regions. I think they're gonna do regional each month. So I think this will be the East Coast month. So I think it will be. Okay. An, I think it'll be another city on the East. I don't know what city it will be. Possibly Baltimore, but I think they're going to end in New York. Yeah, I think they're going to end the month in New York. And, I feel like New York. I mean, that's got to be coming for sure. And I guess it would make sense to kind of like you said, regionally do those shows, knock those out, and then maybe move to the West Side country and see what you know go from there they've got to get california representation but maybe if like you said they figure hey november starts to get cold maybe we'll move there for that and and have some nicer weather so that's possible i could see your i could definitely see that i even said i could see doing and i I know they're not going to do this this is this is just me just because of how big it is and how hot of a wrestling town it is i could see doing two weeks in new york i could honestly i 
I could totally see that. Because they would both sell out. It wouldn't be any 100%. question. Yeah, especially if they pick, of course, they're a smaller arena, Hammerstein or something like that. I don't know what they're. I don't know I what they're. I think they're going to do MSG. I'm yeah. going to throw it out there. I 100 percent think when they run New York, they're going to run Madison Square Garden. Good lord, you know, and I wanted Madison. I, I really did want Madison Square Garden to be there. Like when they when they they start TV and then they do a pay per view. I was hoping yeah. MSG would wait till the pay per view because. Well, that would be pretty epic, too. Because <laughs> that would be my... Because, honestly, it's like... It's... For me, I really do. I'm like, I watched... I, I watched... I've watched three... Two wrestling shows in MSG. WrestleMania 20, of course. And then I was at the G1 Supercard of Honor. And it's just, I was also at WrestleMania 20. That's crazy. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> and then, so, and those are the only two shows I've ever watched in Madison Square Garden. And it, it is just a different feeling. I tell anybody, I'm like, the garden has a different feeling. So, I was like, oh, I was hoping they saved that for a pay-per-view. But it would sell out a month. It would it would sell out a Wednesday show, easily. It, it, it would. It would. I have no doubt in my mind now. Now, if you would have asked me a month ago, <laughs> uh, I was like, it might. <laughs> On a Wednesday. I, month, maybe not that first day within yeah, less than an hour, but now yeah, I'm thinking it'll yeah. sell out within, a, within yeah. a half hour. Yes, yes. Uh, it's kind of, yeah. Like I said, it's this is resetting expectations for even the biggest fans. Even the biggest AEW cheerleaders. That I know that never think they do anything wrong. This is they're blowing out their expectations. Also, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's just like yeah, I I am very much an AEW cheerleader. I wouldn't do this show if I didn't because I don't do shows about stuff I don't like. Uh, so when as a cheerleader, as someone that is wishing massive amounts of success on the company, yeah, they're blowing my expectations out of the water out of the water like out of my mind i don't even know how to react half the time and a person that is very rarely at a loss for words they keep making me speechless <laughs> and that says it all right there <laughs> so yeah uh yeah I, yeah so if i had to go my guess i'm gonna go new york and i don't know what else is over there everything i guess baltimore I don't know. That's just because I'm running out of cities. Maybe Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, New York and Pittsburgh. That's where I'm going. Okay. I'll stick with my guess, but you kind of convinced me of it staying <laughs> over in the East Coast. But I, we'll see. I, I, I want to throw out there another city, and it's not necessarily a prediction, but just one that kind of like our hometowns, I hope it kind of waits a little bit to go because when it does go there, I, I really want to be there, and that's Atlanta. I want to be there for Cody's homecoming. Uh, on TV, a hundred percent. That's one I just want to be there so badly for. There, I, I, it would have to be like literally the most inconvenient day possible <laughs> for me not to not, not be in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just a must. <laughs> yes, that's a that's a must. I mean, that's the homecoming. That's everything. Atlanta would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone that's else. A, that's going to be so special. <laughs> yes. Anybody that has been following the Rhodes family that love WCW, that love Southern wrestling, Atlanta is basically the New York of the South. It is yeah. the Mecca. It's like you go there. You go to Atlanta. 
and it's like man that would that would be crazy oh uh, yeah i definitely want to be in that one i was just well, I hope that was a little bit further down the road <laughs> yes that's what i'm like again i i think pay-per-view cities i think atlanta would be a great pay-per-view city yes Definitely a great pay-per-view city. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like so we'll we'll see what they do. Uh, again, they have the guys back there with the calculators and you know the graphs and the computer programs telling them where the fans are and where the fans will go. They will pick the right two cities. I know within I like I know without a shadow of a doubt they're going to pick the right two cities and they're going to kill it again. Yes. Well, we kind of discussed. We did. We're gonna let you in on some production. What I realized is through doing this show, I always start off. We start off with the big news of the week. But what I realized is most of the other news from the week, we do get a lot of stuff on Twitter. But they mostly go through being the lead, all uh, the road to all out. Those series gives us a lot of news. So we're actually gonna pretty much start the show you know, start our actual going through the news part with our recaps. But before we do this, I would like to remind you that this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV, where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe, right onto your laptop and mobile device. If you use the code Social Suplex, you get the first month free. So definitely sign up for Power Slam TV. Didn't mean that to rhyme, but hey, whatever. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, it worked. So, BTE uh, recap. Uh, this was Farewell to Independent Wrestling. This was BTE episode 165. I know you, I think you've watched it a couple times, right, Tiffany? I did, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, what, uh, we're not just going to go, what do you remember from the episode? What was your favorite parts of the episode? Well, what I remember, first of all, is learning that Cody is a pickpocket. That was a little <laughs> bit disheartening. Um, did not realize that the guy that I, you know, adore most in pro wrestling is a pickpocket. But we saw him pickpocket Rick Knox when he uh, <laughs> when he got the ref bump. Uh, just a short segment to open it up, but it really made me laugh. I thought it was great. Dude, I, um, want, I want that AEW rug in my house. <laughs> I know, right? Dude, I, that was I, awesome. That was, I was glad that Cody had a small part in it because I knew with it being that House of Glory show that the focus, rightfully so, it's going to be on the Bucks and their last indie show, uh, presumably for, hopefully, I mean, forever. I mean, the the plan is for AEW to be here moving forward and not going anywhere. So if all of everything goes as it's been going and as we hope it goes and as, as they hope it goes, you know, we're not going to see the Bucks on the independence anymore. And it, it's really special to me um, because you have Cody's path and the Bucks' path and they're so different on how they got here. You know, Cody started in the big company, left the big company, went to the Indies, and now he has a big company. And the Bucks, they were the ones that started in the independence and clawed and scratched their way and just, you know, made their, their name completely on their own. And both, I respect and absolutely love both paths. But for the Bucks, I can't imagine the feelings uh, for going and doing this event at House of Glory and having that last moment of that small building and uh, knowing that that they're moving on to something so much bigger and and probably better in a way, but but still leaving something behind that is 
why they are who they are to this day. So I really love just getting that last kind of road diary from them going into independence at the airport, just doing their, their vlog, how they did it and seeing them with the fans and, and just, you know, having met them. And I know you've met them and just, you know, just getting to experience the amazing people that they are and seeing them interact with the fans and recognize people and just, you know, because they have sort of all of them have built this family with their fans. But to see the Bucks, since this was their thing, to document their journey, to get to see that again was really special and and pretty emotional, honestly. So it just it just made me happy to see it. And I'm glad that they dedicated that episode to that uh, pretty much solely to their House of Glory uh, you know, event and everything. So I really enjoyed that. Yes, the theme of this week, the theme of this week, if you had to look at a theme between the three shows, and this is from me watching them a few times, it seems to be like being grateful for where they've been and how they got to where they are. It's not yeah, really, definitely. not as much looking forward as in every, on every show, you're kind of looking back you know, and you're kind of looking back to where you got where you got. You got a little looking forward, but you mostly got a lot of looking back. And in this case, you know, the Bucks are on the, you know, they're on the phones. They're recording each other. And they talk about, they did talk about their new Jordans that they got, which were nice. They were nice. <laughs> I am, yeah. I, I, I'm not a big shoe guy, but I do appreciate a nice pair of shoes. And yeah, those are really nice shoes. And uh, they are, you know, they were and uh the you know you, you see it i like i said i've watched uh being the elite when someone introduced me to the show because i think they were like 80 or something episodes in before i got introduced to the show like it was like when cody joined or whatever and it was like same here yeah it, it was nothing that i'd ever seen before it was just like it was pretty raw you know and it was like at some points you know you know they would do skits and stuff and be funny but it was pretty raw uh then we shall see them with, I guess they're with Paige and they're recording something, uh, which they're they're doing it. They were looking at the room service, of course, and they were ordering their grilled chicken. That was kind of a callback to last week. But uh, you see Paige in a room with a bunch of people, and I guess they're recording something to get ready as we get closer to All Out. He said it's a secret. It's like the worst mm-hmm. secret ever, but it's a secret. I love how they I love how they do their secrets. When they really, really want it to be secret, they do keep it no matter what. But it's like yeah. I, I, I love Cody as being Cody is the one that can't keep one. He just wants to let everybody know everything. It's hilarious. Oh God, he has the biggest mouth. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's hilarious. So uh, they're outside a hog in their car, and it's raining, and they had just got spray tans, and they were afraid that you know, like orange was going to be everywhere. I thought that was funny as a person yeah. that does not need to tan whatsoever. <laughs> um, I, I was like, I don't know what that's like, but it was just like, oh, I, I've always wondered that, you know, what do people do, you know, like that? Because I didn't know how or how permanent those things are, you know, and it rains and I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. Have you ever got a spray tan? <laughs> I have not. I have not. <laughs> yes. I don't think most, you know, you know. No insult to anyone. I don't think most normal people do. I mean, they yeah. they they have a business where they're under bright lights and stuff all the time. So I get why they do it, but I don't think most people do. So, uh, yeah. So they did that, and then we get the first big piece of news from the show. Uh, we get a guy rolling up in a jean jacket, 
He throws orange orange in a blender. Then he throws a contract in the blender and blends it up. And uh, then pours that in the drink. Then he hangs sunglasses on it. And it says, now serving freshly squeezed orange Cassidy. Now, this has been a very polarizing topic this week. What do you think about the signing of Orange Cast? Um, I definitely think it's, it seems to be controversial because I don't think a lot of people get him. I'm not going to lie. I have not, I'm not familiar with him. After they signed him, I went and watched a match. I just Googled him and looked for a match to watch. And I'm still not sure. I'm not against it at all. I think he has a lot to offer. I think I just haven't had enough exposure, so I'm excited to see what he does. Um, I think that, you know, wrestling is variety, and I think he's talented, and I think if everyone was the same, it would be a very boring show. So I think the people who are negative about it need to just chill out, and if you're not familiar with him, give him a chance and see what he does. But personally, I can't say I'm familiar with him because I genuinely haven't seen much from him other than the, uh, I know he was in the Battle Royal, and then other than that, just what I Googled or, you know, YouTube um, and watched it, but... Although, I mean, no matter what, I'm for it because just because I'm not familiar with him doesn't mean it's not going to be good. So I, I kind of like the idea of it being somebody that I, I haven't previously had much experience with. So kind of, it's kind of exciting to see what he does, what he's all about. I'm probably not going to Google too much more because I would like to go into it fresh and just, you know, for myself, not have a previous knowledge of every single person that AEW signs. So as someone who's not familiar with him, I'm excited for it. Yes, and you know, and you people have heard from the show that is a common thought process for us. It's be like, because I will tell anyone, you can go any wrestler that has a that has been hot or fresh. You can go watch a significant amount of these matches, and you can get bored with them before he starts, or you can wait. I saw Orange Cassidy first time. It was the uh, WrestleCon Super Show. I had never seen his gimmick, didn't know who he was, uh, and he came out in his jean jacket, and he had his sunglasses on, and he's walking slow, and like he doesn't have anywhere to be, and then he gets in the ring, and he's throwing these really soft, you know, the blows, and you know, the crowd's getting into it like, woo, like like you're going to kill him and it's very much an ironic wrestling character he is very much an ironic wrestling character and it was just like the thing he did that night and i don't know if he does this every time because again i've only seen him two times if you knock off his sunglasses it's almost like almost like a reverse festus if everybody remembers festus it's like as long as he has his sunglasses on he's cool you know, that's pretty hilarious. He, yes, he throws his <laughs> he throws his soft punches, soft kicks. He doesn't care. But if you knock his sunglasses off, that's when you get wild and crazy. Orange Cassidy, who starts bringing <laughs> it, and, and and it was crazy. It was something I had never seen, and I was like, wow, I can't believe someone hasn't thought of this. You know, I was, yeah, I was, no <laughs> yes, I was like, this is really, really cool. Then they announced him for the, you know, they announced him for the Battle Royal, the Casino Royale, and he came out, and, you know, he did the walk cool and did the soft shots, 
But at some point, his sunglasses came off, but he didn't go crazy. So I didn't know if that was a was the I since I've only seen him wrestle twice, I don't know which one. I don't know which one is the gimmick. You know what I mean? I don't know was the WrestleCon Super Show how he acts or was that. So again, I will be learning along with everyone on how good this guy is. I, I I've seen that he's an excellent wrestler. He just you know again your job. Especially when you're an indie person, is to get booked. That's your job. Your job is to get booked and make as much money as possible so you can be seen and continue living your dreams. He found a gimmick that got him booked. I'm not yeah, going to get mad at that. Apart from other people, and that's, that's yeah. what it's all about. And like I said, you got to. There's all kinds of wrestling, and you know you have to have comedy in wrestling. I if you're not there to be entertained like to some degree you know if he's a good wrestler and he has a gimmick like that that just kind of like puts him and sets him apart but then you're waiting for that moment where he gets unglued whether it's the sunglasses coming off or however it is you know i'm all for it you know i I think everyone should offer something a little different doesn't take away from the fact that he's an athlete and he's a great wrestler as far as i've seen in the match i saw he like once he got going i didn't really notice the sunglasses thing i kind of want to go back and see if that happened in that match because i did notice as it went on he did get going but it didn't put it together because that was the only time i'd watched a match of his but either way you know like you said your your job is to get booked as an independent wrestler and this is someone who people are talking about people are like hey this is a great get for AEW. And maybe I'm not, like I said, super familiar with all he has to offer, but the fact that a lot of people and the people that are, you know, as Cody said, you know, he said in an interview recently that his goal is to please the AEW fans, not to try to please everybody because we're the ones that are getting, I mean, all these sellout things are happening because they have a huge fan base. And, and, and it's just still kind of lost on me how huge it is because it's it's just gotten so big already and they haven't even hit TV yet. But so many people, despite there being some negative responses, I think a lot of the negative responses are from the people that are already against AEW or not to be mean, but huge WWE fans who just refuse to understand a lot of what goes on in independent wrestling and how good it is. So, yeah, uh, yeah, he just talked about, uh, you know, Orange. You know, he actually somebody directly messaged him about like Orange Cassidy, and of course. Unfortunately, I, I love Cody, but his one of his uh, things is if you you get on a message and tell Cody how much you love him, it probably won't get uh, liked or retweeted. But if you come at him, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he cannot scroll past that. Yes, it's uh, yeah. I, I loved he had this one statement where you know, and it actually. Uh, it actually inspired one of my tweets. He's like, you know, casuals. When he was talking about passionate fans, he's like, casual is casual fan is not this metric that you can measure on a casual fan. We're gonna please our passionate fans, and then yep. you know, uh, I, I, we're gonna please our passionate fans, and you know, hope other people come along. And I, and it, you know, I put out a tweet, and I was like, there's no such thing. As a casual fan, it's just, and of course I've been corrected. Words lose meaning over time, blah, blah, blah. I know this. But if you think about the word fan and what it means, 
It is literally just a shortened version of Fanatic. It is, they mean the same thing. It's just shortened because people get lazy and want an easier way. <laughs> How are you casually fanatical about something? Kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> yes. No. The fact is, <laughs> to really be is. a fan, you're not casual about it. You're passionate about it. In your, your blood, you travel, you drive freaking 14 to 16 hours you know you make plans you borrow money you do whatever you have to do to get there that's you're fanatical or if you can't afford to get there you're at home watching it and you don't have your cell phone out or whatever you know you're you're yeah. doing it at above normal uh, a normal normal pace i can't tell you how to fan i am not here to tell anyone how to be a fan but it's just saying it has to be abnormal <laughs> to be a fan. You can't. Normal is you like, hey, you're a watcher. Hey, I watch AEW. I, I even say this to me for people that look, play video games. I always say this to me. I, I, I'll be talking about how I'm playing Madden. And people will be like, Floyd, are you a gamer? No, I play video games. There is a, mm-hmm. there is a, a marked difference. Between Definitely. someone who's played video games and a guy that's a gamer. <laughs> Gamers are, are playing all the time. They are passionate about it. I play when I have spare time. So I play video games. I am not a gamer. You know what I mean? And that's what yeah. I mean. I feel like it's like you can watch sports or you can be a fan. You know what I mean? There's a Definitely. difference. Yeah, you could be a casual <laughs> watcher, but if you're a fan, you're you're claiming you're a fan, then you're a fan. You're not yeah. casual. Yes, it. <laughs> it's the difference between a person that's read Harry Potter books and Potterheads. You know, yes. <laughs> to use an older reference, there's a difference between people that have seen Twilight movies and Twihards. You know, whatever <laughs> your whatever your fan base's nickname is, you know, there's a difference between people that have seen it and watch it and the passionate people you know and it's just like there's a difference between being an AEW fan and someone that watches or supports AEW you know it's just like I said I don't there is not a hierarchy I don't think any less of you it's just when you try to jump on my fan wagon I might push you off you know, if you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I love AEW. Have you have you watched any of the shows? Yeah, I kind of watched a couple of clips from Double or Nothing. You're not a fan. Yeah, I, it's funny you mentioned that because I saw um, a person, I don't even follow the person on Twitter, but someone that I do follow posted a picture of Scorpio Sky, and the person replied and was like, who is that? And they literally had in their display name, it was like their name, and then something like uh, AEW, like, Die Hard or something like that, and I and I just paused and went. You, you don't know who Scorpio mm-hmm. Sky is. Yet. Yeah, He's got AEW not in your handle, but in your display name. And I just kind of shook my head and and kept scrolling. But it made me pause and just go, um, yeah. Earth to you, you're clearly not. Yes, <laughs> and missing here. There is a disconnect here. Yes, and I believe this show is for all levels of AEW watcher. But I honestly think if you're listening to an AEW podcast, you probably lean towards the fa- you know fan. You know, yeah, if you're taking the time to listen. Then yeah, you're you're a fanatic. You're, you're into it. <laughs> you're, 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 yes, but <laughs> hey, hey, people that watch AEW that won't call themselves first a fan 
hey, you're more than welcome to come on. I'm not being gatekeepery. I am really not. No, no, I'm not gonna be like. I'm not gonna be like. Well, you didn't know Cody and Sean Spears tagged up in uh, OVW. No, I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm really not. No, I, I, not. I, I am the. I am the hug you and bring you in, and I want to want to introduce you to the AEW family. But th- there's levels to this. <laughs> there's levels. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> there's levels, and we want to bring you along and help you get uh, and help you get acquainted and be involved. And you'll understand when you're part of the AEW family. Oh, dude, dude, we got you. We got you. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like. There, there, there's no such thing as sold out. We will figure out a way to get you in. <laughs> you <laughs> this know, is the truth. yes, it just doesn't. It, the regular rules don't apply to you when you're in this family. We will figure it out. It's just like I even told a friend uh, he wanted to come to uh, he wanted to come to uh, all out, and he was like, "I don't know, I'm gonna get there." I was like, "Just get there. I will. You will make sure you get in." Not <laughs> not a week later. Not a week later, somebody's like, "Hey, you want to? Just, you, uh, I got an AEW ticket. I need to uh, get." And I was like, "Boom, bought!" And I was like, "I told you." Just like, just that's how this community works. And like I said, you are more than welcome to join. And I understand people have lives, and they have, well, they have uh, significant others and kids. I happen to have a significant other that puts up with my bullcrap. Well, thank God. Uh, <laughs> So yes, I like. So she allows me to be a fan, but yeah, I mean, I know some times out there you have different responsibilities that doesn't allow you to watch every episode or be super hardcore or whatever. And I get that, and that's what we're for because we're gonna walk you through it. We're gonna keep you caught up as much as possible. But like I said, yeah, yeah, I was about to say it's just you know sometimes you know there's. There's different levels of things, and it's just like people are. There are certain labels. Like I don't like all labels, but there's certain labels that fit. And one that I'm actually passionate about is fan. And I and, and if someone's like you're a gatekeeper. I was like I'm actually the keeper of all gates because I don't <laughs> like when anybody says they're a fan of something and they don't show a competent knowledge of it. I don't care what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it could be anything. It could be something I'm not a fan of. Like I listen to music. I am not a big music fan. I'm really not. I very rarely go to concerts. I honestly I listen to podcasts more than anything. I like I like certain songs. I like certain people from all different genres. But I am not what you would call a music fan. I would never follow a, a tour around or anything like that. Not my thing. I know it sounds weird. They're like, you don't like music? No, I like music. I just don't love it. <laughs> Tiffany, on the other hand, you, Our Lady <laughs> Peace, she loves them, right? I do. Yes. I, I would say I am an Our Lady Peace fanatic. <laughs> exactly. And we're friends. I can know Our Lady Peace. I can have heard known some of their songs. But she can be a fanatic. I cannot be. And we can still be friends. And it doesn't, <laughs> yes, it's all good because everybody's seen. But if someone says, like, dude, I love Our Lady Peace, and I'm like, all right, cool, you know, and they be talking and they be like, they don't know a certain song or something like that, I'm going to be like, dude, you're not a fan. 
you just have to own own what you know about it and it's okay no one's yeah. saying it's not okay but yeah. but just be real about what you like yeah. <laughs> yes I, and believe me there are bigger wrestling fans than me there are i know you people are like it's hard to believe i get burnt out on wrestling after a while like uh i i was talking about on my other show this week I was watching the G1. It was the G1 SummerSlam. I was watching my weekly WWE programming. And I was just like, everybody's like, well, are you watching? I forgot some random show. I'm like, no, not at all. And they were like, why? I was like, I like other things other than wrestling. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, but I do. Even, I, even, there can even be too much wrestling. <laughs> yes, I was like, I want to watch. I was like, I want to watch Veronica Mars. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's what I want to watch this week now. But I will tell anybody, there's different levels to this. There are bigger fans than me, a bigger fan. I'm probably, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I was like, I put you, I know you're a huge wrestling fan, but I think you're pretty much in that top 1% of Cody fans. So I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I have not met a bigger I, Cody I mean, fan I, than you. I'm not going to deny it. <laughs> I, I, I do not know a bigger Cody fan than you, but... <laughs> <laughs> like a period, but yeah, yeah my th- Cody's words. I, I, he's he's called me number one for years. So yes, I, I can't I can't go against what the man himself. Yeah, so. let's say if there's a bigger Cody <laughs> fan out there, I don't know that person. Not saying they don't exist, but I don't know that person. But uh, I'm moving on in the episode. Just, I got off on a got off on the extreme <laughs> tangent. Orange Cassidy, I, I even actually pulled up a tweet of, of Cody said. About a, uh, he got a question. How do you justify the hiring of Orange Cassidy? And I had to kind of read that with a little attitude because when you use the word justify, there's a there's an attitude yeah. that goes along with that. How do you justify the hiring of Orange Cassidy when all of you, including Tony, stated multiple times in interviews that AEW would be treated seriously as a sports based product? Cody's answer, easily, he's a great and fun pro wrestler. The show is 100% sports-based, but the competitors are vastly different in style and delivery. Uh, it actually... What a great response. Uh, yeah. Uh, we actually got a... On one of the old... Uh, all, Road to All Out episodes, we had an interview with the, one of the teams, and they kind of addressed this in a way. It's like, you know, they're fun. He, he entertains. Wrestling is an entertainment product. And, you know, when the world title's on the line, when all the titles are on the line, they're, they're always, the wrestlers are always going to be going to win. But they might be trying to be entertaining at the same time. You can be both. I mean, I've seen Kenny Omega, the best wrestler in the world, dress up as, was he Princess Peach? Who was he um, when he went super elite? He wasn't Princess Peach. Uh, that was, was Toadstool. Yeah, he was Toadstool. And, and I saw them, and they put on a super entertaining match, you know, dressed as people from Mario Kart. So it doesn't really matter how you deliver it, you know, when it when you get to the best bout machine, he's going to try to put on the best match. Orange Cassidy will try to win his matches when he's in a wrestling match. Because if he doesn't, then what's the point? And you don't know. I mean, you're going to get Orange Cassidy, but you have to think with every wrestler, there are different levels of wrestler. You know, Cody was a comedic character for a while at Stardust. He's also Cody Rhodes' serious ROH and NWA champion. It's just like, 
you kind of got to wait and see how they present him before deciding on whether it goes against the overall theme of AEW. And they also have Michael Nakazawa on the roster, and he's comedy wrestler. <laughs> he is. And I think, too, one thing to think about with Orange Cassidy, which, again, we really can't make any judgments till we see him in a real match um, on TV, but is to think about the fact that it's also mind games. Um, wrestlers, you know, when you can psych out your opponent – that's a way you can win a match. So it doesn't mean he's not a good athlete. It doesn't mean he doesn't get to the point in the match where he's going to put on a great match. But, you know, it's psychology. It's it's strategy. And, you know, it's it doesn't take away from the athleticism or the sports-centric-based uh, wrestling product that AEW wants to offer just because you have someone who goes about their psychology and strategy, whatever, a different way to psych out their opponent. Yeah. It, 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 what they have said for a long time that they want to present a buffet. They want to give you a lot of different things. And uh, Orange Cassidy definitely fits into something different. Uh, someone actually put out a Google Trends of unsigned wrestlers, and he was the highest on Google Trends. And which is one of the probably the main reasons they snagged him up. <laughs> yeah, it's like there you go. Could have very well been at NXT in two weeks if they didn't. So yes, just don't know. Yeah, it, absolutely. And like I said, I love when like, very easy, Cody. If you try to come at Cody, you better come correct. You better come correct because he he he'll have you looking really silly. He did a couple times this week. I got that for later yeah, on. He another. Really did. <laughs> yeah, he really did. Yes, it's like uh, he'll have you looking silly, and it's like, uh, yeah, still don't do that. And then as we go through, so we get freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, and then we get Kenny. Oh, uh, was it BTE mailbag? And Kenny was asked a question about costumes and would they do a Halloween themed episode? And mm-hmm. he said. He basically wasn't going to, he would, he would like to do something around Halloween to, you know, say to hear Halloween. He didn't say full on Halloween episode, but, uh, it seems like they will definitely appreciate Halloween when it comes to, uh, AEW. And Brandy and Cody love Halloween too. So I can definitely see them doing something fun with that. Yeah. And our Tiffany loves, uh, Halloween, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm ready for it. I yes. decorate September 1st. So. Yes. I don't <laughs> not this September 1st because I'll be in Chicago, but when I get home. <laughs> I will not. I am not that big of a Halloween person, but uh, a different company that uh, we I sometimes watch introduced a character named The Fiend this week, and yeah, it's kind of awesome character. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude! Immediately, I was like, man, there's going to be so many fiends at Halloween this week, this year. <sighs> but uh, then we got Scorpio Sky, and he got asked, you know, why am I your uh, Anne Marie? <laughs> if everyone knows <laughs> Anne from Marie from Twitter, she says, why am I your favorite fan ever? But really, what is your number one song? And he says, the number one song he's been listening to right now <laughs> is That Thing You Do from the movie, That Thing You Do. Then he performed a little bit, a little bit of it. And uh, I love That Thing You Do. I believe that's uh, Tom Hanks is just like the manager in that movie. It's about a one hit wonder band. And uh, 
yeah, I'm a big Tom Hanks fan, so I've pretty much seen everything. And and when I say fan, I've literally seen <laughs> every movie he's ever made. Even watched Bosom Buddies. That, that's what I'm telling you. That's you know, <laughs> no, no, but uh, yeah, I'm big. I love Tom Hanks. I just. Scorpio Sky is one of those people I love, but I actually hate because he seems to be good at everything that he does. <laughs> he's, he's about perfect. Yes, me. yeah. It, it, I'm telling you, it comes from a level of jealousy. I have no, I have no bones about saying that. That dude seems to be good at everything that he does. I, I don't know how it took him, you know, as kind of as long as it has to be just kind of this household name as he's getting to, but that dude's super talented. Uh, then we have Michael Nakazawa answering a question that what would you do? Uh, what would you do? Well, do you want to tell everyone how, how this went down? I I just I was amused because they well, they asked him if he wasn't wrestling what he would do, and he called his wife I think, and then yes, he, he said he liked gaming, and then he said that he would be a professional video gamer because that's what his wife liked. I I don't know he. Yes. He's charming and funny, and I really enjoy. Yes, because what was so cool about this, of course, is uh, you know I bring this up all the time. This person that just recently got married, and y'all super in love and shit, and he it's like you know they've been married seemingly a while, and then in the way you know what would you do? And he was like, I only started wrestling because the girl that I was into uh, then liked wrestling, and he's like, well, let me call her. <laughs> see what she, what else she likes, and it turns out the girl that he started watching wrestling for is his yeah, wife. That was, that was so cool. Yeah, I was like, that was like, it was like super cool. And she's like, she likes video games, and he's like, oh, I'd be an e gamer because <laughs> he do yeah. any, he'd do anything to get her attention, which is awesome. <sighs> yeah, and then they uh show at Hog, and then they show some interviews of people that have went all over the country. One guy came from England <laughs> to the hog show to see the Young Bucks and they knew him and he had this big picture of of, you know, big frame of all the pictures that he'd taken with the Young Bucks. Good lord, I I think you could probably do a quilt with all the pictures you've made I taken with Cody, right? I probably probably could do a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he's like, and he's like, he's like, I, you know, you go see a wrestler a couple times, and then you enjoy, it. and that's how I am. I will tell anyone: the only people that I have met more than once or twice are Cody and Becky Lynch. Those, that's it. <laughs> that's it. And Cody, <laughs> Cody, I didn't meet for the first time until the BTE thing in Chicago. When they flew in for that meet and greet, I actually flew in for that meet and greet. So a lot of my Cody meetups have been within the last few years. Yours stretches over his whole career, right? They do, yeah. Back to 2009 was the first time I met him. Oh, yeah, over 10 years. You know, mine's like two or three years. Hers is like 10 years, and it's just so. But you see someone that loves the Young Bucks that much. I know we have a friend. uh, I call him friend of the show, someone I've met through like BTE and being a big fan of the Bucks his name's Owen and uh yeah Owen Reynolds and he's on Twitter and uh 
Yeah, so he's a huge Young Bucks fan. He's traveled around. He's met them through PWG. It was his big thing, but he's flew everywhere to see him. And he seems to be, uh, yeah, you know, he loves the Young Bucks, you know. And that's why I was like, I love the thing about the Elite and why I said AEW couldn't fail is because of those type of passionate fans. You have, they have, it's like, they will follow them anywhere. And then they will follow everywhere. I was like, he was like, seriously, from England, flew over for a House of Glory show. You know? It's awesome. Yeah, I was like, dude, that is awesome. And then uh, we get, then we get to see Private Party. And they're basically talking about, you know, they want to prove they belong. And even though the Bucks hired them, they're they're going to bring it to them. Show, uh, they get invited to that private party that one night. You see the Bucks do their entrance, and everybody's going crazy. Uh, yeah, and then of course you see just different highlights from that. And at the end, they announce a match October ninth, the first match on the show. During the first round of the AEW Tag Team Title Tournament, will be the Young Bucks versus Private Party, which is awesome because you know the Young Bucks booked the shit, and they didn't even book themselves into a first round bye. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, they didn't even they didn't even compete for the first round bye. They're just going to be in the first round against Private Party, which I think is so dope because uh, I love Pri- I like Private Party. I'm like I like them. I, I really, I really think they, you know, you looking at that uh, diamond and rough. They're very talented now, but with years of working with, you know, tag teams like the Young Bucks, SCU, you know, people Dark Order. They've been around forever. People that have done this forever, they will do nothing but get better. And that's all you hope to do when it comes to. But that yeah, was going to be a great match. That was being the elite, uh, you know. That's that's the part we got. I'm like, uh, I, I like I said, I thought this was pretty, a really good episode. I and I even say that this is this was like a like a almost a love letter to Young Bucks fans, you know, because you got you got your you they went through where they came from. They were the first Hog Tag Team Champions, and then uh, again they had the interviews with you know wrestling fans talking about their relationship with uh, Young Bucks. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, next up, we had Road to All Out Episode 5 and Road to All Out Episode 6. We're going to start with 5, which, you know, let me tell you. Spoiler alert for you. Episode 6 of All Out was probably my favorite Road to episode ever. And it was just, <laughs> it was three minutes but it was like my favorite episode ever. So if we spend a tremendous amount of time talking about that one, I apologize. Well, actually, I don't apologize because I thought it was no. just that damn sorry, good. Yeah, I was going to say, I just thought it was that damn good. So in the Road to uh, All Out episode five, though, we get in a park. We get uh, Trent and Chucky e. T walking towards each other in their denim suits. And we get the we get the hug, and then the zoom out, of course, because you know the Okada zoom the out. <laughs> yes, the Okada zoom out, as a lot of people like to call it. Uh, and uh, we basically kind of get a profile on them 
But uh, apparently, uh, there is a joke that I didn't catch that Trent Veretta is really, really bad on camera. And, and this this episode kind of uh, <laughs> it, it confirmed that. Because <laughs> <'cause Yeah. laughs> uh, Chucky e. T did all the talking. And this is where I was talking about where this uh, part where Orange Cassidy, where they was like, yeah, you know, we, we act silly outside of the ring. Hey, yeah, we're funny dudes. But when we get in the ring, we want to win. We're going to win. That is the purpose is to win. And I think that in more than anything pretty much shouted out any com- comedy wrestler. I, I, I thought this was like the perfect thing that they was like. Because you see they're doing this uh, vignettes where uh, – Chucky uh, drops his ice cream, and then Trent gives him half of his ice cream, and they're very funny. They're very funny dudes. But Trent Beretta, if if you know his time in New Japan, some people might not know he was about to be a push commodity there. You yeah, know, sure. he, he, him, and Rocky Romero as Rapongi uh, as uh, Rapongi Vice, they were multiple time junior tag team champions. He had got pushed up to heavyweight. He had gotten some major wins. I think he had actually beat Kenny Omega. I'm not 100% sure, so someone can tell me I'm wrong. But I think he had beat Kenny Omega. You know, he was a push commodity, and he chose to come to AEW because the the way he performs to tell his story in wrestling is tag team wrestling. And AEW is going to put a... Of uh, gonna put an emphasis on tag team wrestling. So, what do you think about these two as a tag team? Um, I enjoy them. Um, I can't say that I am like a huge fan. I don't dislike them. I like them, but but they're not like on my. If I'm making a top, you know, ten tag teams or whatever, they probably aren't on there. But it's not because they're not great. I just I've just never connected with them. But I feel like you know, with the start of TNT, you know, it's kind of a almost a fresh fresh slate because we don't know how things are going to go on there and they might grow on, but I'm, I'm excited no less that they're in AEW and I want to see what they do. So I'm excited to see them. And I, I think they're just, they're like the, the little vignettes they do are so charming and fun that it kind of does make people just kind of, even if you don't want to, you've got to love them. So, so I'm definitely uh, interested to see more of what they do when they actually get to TV. TV and but yeah I mean I, I actually enjoyed the uh, the little opening segment on the road to uh, all out with them so there's something charming about them for sure yes and um, it was just it was kind of funny uh, I actually saw a few things about this online where people were talking about because the, they talked about the dark order and he's like well uh, basically if you want to leave it's okay to have your little masked mans at home <laughs> yeah. but uh, you don't bring them to work that's unprofessional and they I said they, that was hilarious. and it's like they pay a guy to turn out the lights and it was just it was very cool because it was very them like honestly a lot of people if they said that same thing it would have came off kind of as they were burying them but in this way it was very much it was uh, very much funny it was uh, very much yeah. light hearted and yeah, and it was like at this point, uh, so they're trying to get more out of Trent and they's like, so you've always wanted to be a professional wrestler. And he literally looks at them and says, yes. 
Like they wanted him to elaborate. Obviously, he did not. not <laughs> he did not. That is not his thing. He's like, I'm a wrestler, of course. You know that kind of thing. Then we got Alex Arvez in the AEW Control Center, and um, he he's going through the numbers. The first number was ten. That was the amount of staples that had to be in Cody had to be in Cody Rhodes' head, and he was still bleeding later that night. Thirteen. Thirteen should be for you know, to a lot of people might not be a big number, but that was the first time they tagged together, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh are uh, Sean Spears and Cody Rhodes back in OVW, I guess. Was it OVW? Yep, OVW. OVW? Uh, yeah. Uh, they were called... What was their tag team called? I actually listened to the show called Music of the Mat, and they were going back to all of Cody's theme songs. I thought it was... It was uh, and they went back to how he was... They were He was part of the Heartbreakers or something like that? I don't know. Gavin Spears. <laughs> do you do you know... Yeah, do you, yeah. Yes, yes. He was like... He was like a heartthrob. Then we got 184. That's the amount of times Dusty and Tully tagged up. I mean, or wrestled. Dusty uh, Rhodes and Bloody uh, Tully Blanchard. I said bloody. Uh, Tully Blanchard wrestled. They did once have a first blood match. But they wrestled 184 times. If you would have asked me, I would have said it was a lot more than that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so uh, I was wondering, is 184 like... The amount of times they watched the wrestle that was televised, that was recorded, or if that's just ever. I mean, he did have a long feud with Flair, so he he's probably like in the hundreds with Ric Flair, but that's a, that is a lot. And then one, that was a big number. You only can have one person in your corner. It then uh, showed MJF, uh, Brandy, could it be Brandy? Or Brandy was first, MJF second. Talked about Dustin, or could it be DDP? Uh, I think they did a good job of putting out all his ideas there. I will say, yes, even Pharaoh. After the next episode, I there's no question who would be in my corner. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, there's there's no question. But that was the end of it. Then we had Adam Page cutting a promo on Chris Jericho, and he's like, he wants to thank you, and he's like, you know, we should be thanking, you know, Cody, and then he said we should be thanking the Bucks, who did some cowboy shit, uh, and, uh, you know, started, went out and started their own company, and that started a chant of cowboy shit, cowboy (laughs) shit. Now, if you saw the video early this week, I guess, uh, the people from Hog didn't like uh, the Young Bucks and Private Party taking their main event, so they jumped them. And Adam Page came out, and how the video was clipped, and four, like four, and I I know you picked him, and you have an article on the Social Suplex about it. But to me, that was the first time, and this is probably the closest thing you will get to negative a lot that he looked like a star. I got gotcha. you. I can respect that. Yeah, I've I've been I've been saying that. It's just like if he's going to be the champion, he's going to wrestle Jericho. I've I've always felt I've li- I like Adam Page. He's really nice, really nice. I'm like if you if you do get a chance to do a meet and greet, do one with him. He will joke around with you. 
He's very just lighthearted, least intimidating person you'll ever meet, even though he's a big old dude. But, uh, yeah, least intimidating person you'll ever meet. He's just a cool guy, but he just had that missing thing, that it, that made him a star. Some people seen it. Cody has always been behind it. Uh, I have never seen it. But when he came out there and cleaned house, and then he got the mic in his hand, and he cuts that in passion promo, I was like, okay, okay, I kind of see it. <laughs> it was like, I might have to squint a little, but I see it. And I just think if they do more of this kind of stuff in a couple weeks leading up to All Out, you know, I will actually believe he can beat Chris Jericho. Sorry for the delay, everyone. We had to take a, a small break. We had some audio issues. The call dropped, but we're back. The last thing we were talking about was Hangman Page, and I said they've done a good job the last few weeks building up on Mr. Page and making him seem like a credible threat to Chris Jericho. Uh, the next part of Road to All Out Episode 5 was a promo from Kenny Omega. Um, I'm going to actually let you take the lead on this if you don't mind. What did you think about the promo? What, I mean, what, How did you think it came off? I thought it was great, and I thought it was unlike a typical Kenny promo, which I really enjoyed because I feel like for the first time with this, you know, with his uh, match going into All Out, we really get a feel for, like, kind of where Kenny's character's going in AEW. Um, you know, when he mentioned that he was supposed to be the chosen one, that really kind of hit me the most out of all the whole thing. And that was kind of a moment where I was yeah, I like that. You know, like, we, we needed that moment. Moxley attacked him at double or nothing. Now they have this match at All Out. But, you you know, he attacked him and made a statement. But, I mean, that was the moment when I really felt like you've got to feel for what this match really means um, in Kenny's eyes. And it just hit me. And I thought it was a great, great, great uh, promo. And I even tweeted how great it was. Um, but then we'll talk about in a moment someone else knocked it out of the park the next day. But still, it doesn't take away from how great that was just hearing Kenny talking. Like I said, that chosen one line, that just was the part that stuck out the most to me because I was, it hit me at that moment where I just never even really put that out there. Not that Kenny isn't, you know, everyone, Kenny's the best bout machine, the best wrestler in the world. But I mean, maybe because I have other favorites besides Kenny, you know, and a lot of people, Kenny is their favorite. It was a, I just think, and that to me means it did its job because it made me pause and go, God, that's so true. And here comes Moxley attacking him, and now they have this match. And it really kind of just set the whole match, made it mean more to me in my eyes. Not that it wasn't already going to be awesome, but truly made the match uh, jump out for me when he said that. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, the thing with Kenny, the thing with Kenny is I thought, he, like, when they announced the company and he was one of the lead four, I pretty much thought him or Jericho was going to be the lead wrestler. That's how I saw it in my mind. It was Kenny Omega is, you know, for a lot of us, um, like like me, my first real New Japan show, like watching it, well, it would technically be my second New Japan watching it all the way through was him versus Okada, the uh, first of their series. And that was the first like the first match that led to me becoming a fan of new japan wrestling so then i followed that story arc all the way to him becoming champion and then the things with the golden lovers which we never really got a resolution on because they went their other way so i was like okay 
Kenny putting him out, putting him in the championship, a picture that matters, and you know showing how unselfish he is because you know he is one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's he was one of the best booked wrestlers in the world as far as wins and losses. To come in and lose pretty much his first match in his company, that shows you how unselfish he is, and it also shows you. You know that they're not going to be paying favorites to themselves, so I, I definitely like that part. But the interview in itself, it was very contrite. It was like someone that it, it reminded me a lot of an Okada uh, losing his confidence last year. You know, he's coming yeah, back to, to trying to prove to himself that he is who he thinks he is. He is who the marquee says he is the best bout machine. One of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, you know, Mr. Five star Kenny Omega. So I like that. I like the sense of doubt. I thought he played it. Well, I thought his voice dropped at the right time. And I liked how he ended it with, I'm going to bring everything I have. And, and I hope if you don't bring everything you have, I'm going to beat you. But if you do bring everything you have, the fans are going to freaking love it, and they're going to be the winners. Yeah, the winners are the fans. I love that. I love that line. <laughs> I, I love that line because it's just it's so true. Uh, if we get mocks, we we get G, and I, it's funny because you can say it. If I get G one mocks, I'm very happy with <laughs> yeah. this match because he has absolutely killed it over the last few weeks in the G one. I think I watched like eight of his nine matches i think i only missed one of his uh matches and every match every match was so good he you know even towards the end when he wasn't winning it wasn't like it there was like with some wrestlers you could see a drop in energy when they know they're not gonna win and that wasn't the case he he yeah he gave 100 percent effort and it was a great show yeah, so it was definitely a uh, a great show. So I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to this match. I am. It's not number one on my list, but it is very. I mean, Cody's match is generally going to be number one on my list, unless somebody's <laughs> unless I, unless, I uh, <laughs> yes, unless something special goes along. Cody's match is probably going to be number one on my list, but I am looking forward to this match. And that was the end of. Road to All Out Episode 5. Now we went to Episode 6. Now this is the one I was excited about. Because Episode 6, I mean, when it comes to explanations, there's not a lot. It was a brandy, it was a three and a half minute brandy promo straight towards Sean Spears. And I'm going to tell you, like, I love promos. I love them. I just think they're amazing. Of course, I'm a wrestling fan, so I love them. But when they are truly great, when they are truly great, when they reach that extra level from a really good promo to a great promo, which is what I would rate this, um, or a great promo, it, it, it literally, I feel it in my skin. You know what I mean? I feel it. It get, builds yeah. the energy. It makes me excited to see the match. That, of course, is the goal of any promo. So Brandy Rhodes cuts this amazing passionate and you know when they, they say when it's promos you're not acting you're not a character you're who you are and you could tell every word that came out of her mouth she believed so i'm gonna let you go a little bit what did you think uh 
I mean, I was blown away by it. Um, you know, I think that this was the moment where any fans who just kind of, even if they don't dislike Brandy, I mean, we know she has some people who just for some reason don't like her, but you know, even the people who just are indifferent to her are like, Hey, she's cool. But you know, she's still Cody's wife. I think that's that moment that people realize this isn't just Cody's wife. You know, Brandy Rhodes is a legitimate, you know, person in the wrestling industry and you know i yes she's the chief brand officer and she's done some awesome things she's her wrestling is just improving every time she's in the ring but sometimes it isn't wrestling it's that moment where you listen to somebody and you just i mean i've i went through the comments and i was reading all the comments you know to the replies on twitter to either aew's twitter or brandy's tweet about the episode and just so many people were just blown away by it and rightfully so i mean like you said, you know, it's, I think one thing that AEW always preaches and Cody has said it, you know, the wrestlers get to play their own music, which means, you know, obviously that, like you said, that was Brandy. Like, you know, whatever the story is, she pulled every bit of love she has for Cody, every bit of passion, every bit of how she would, you know, feel and how she felt because he did get busted open. She had his blood on her hands. That was real guys. And I think that's what makes that just, it just was so good and I, I literally like had goosebumps when I when I listened to it I, I've watched it several times because it was just so good I want to keep hearing it and I mean that's guys that was like like what I said three almost three and a half minutes of perfection one take I mean and also like such a force to be reckoned with you know if you didn't take Brandy seriously before that you you do now because if you the fire in her in that passion was just so relevant or apparent I should say and uh it blew me away. I mean, I love seeing so much positive feedback for it too, because she just brought it and it was just raw and emotional and so good. I mean, I, I absolutely think that was, I mean, and I'm not, I mean, I know I'm biased when it comes to Cody and Brandy, but one of the best promos I've ever heard. And that's saying a lot because we've been wrestling, I've been wrestling fans for 30 years, you know, so more than 30 years, but it was just that, that raw and that good. Yes, and that's what I'm. That's what I was gonna say. Um, when it comes to wrestling and promos, you know, there's pipe bombs, and uh, AJ did her lady pipe bomb, and you know, she that was really good. And honestly, I can say when it comes to promos, I don't get a lot of them. You know, a lot of them from the women's side. You know, when people are naming promos, they'll say you know mm-hmm. Punk, or they'll say Austin. The Rock was a great promo. Ric Flair is a great promo. I'm thinking, you know, now I'm thinking Brandy's up there. I mean, yeah, the convi- I, I, I cannot wait to see more of her when she gets to TV and her character gets to build. Because if that's any indication, which it clearly is, of what we can expect, I mean, that just took her to the next level in my eyes. Yeah, because you know that was this was closer to a traditional promo. You got this many minutes, deliver your message. I thought yes, that was and it was an A all the way. But I, you know, you see it in the vignettes when she's doing the when she did the ice skating thing to trick you into having compassion for her. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Pulled everyone right in. She pulled everyone in. No one called. No one called that I knew in my circle, I want to be clear, in my circle called that she was screwing her over. No, and then Awesome Kong was going to come out. It every, came. Everybody 
bought right into it, and that's a huge power to have. You can convince those people. I mean, and usually there's always that fan that's like, oh, come on, that's not real. But everybody fell right in the bat. Yes, everything. Me included, me included. Everybody in wrestling is skeptical, you know, of everything. Anytime anybody does anything, they're skeptical. But on that one, when Awesome Kong, they managed to have Awesome Kong come out as a surprise in two straight shows. Yeah, the same person come out of surprise. And the second, in both times, it came from a Brandy promo. It had to do with Brandy. And I just like, you know, she's coming along as a wrestler. Like you said about her coming out as a surprise in both things and from a Brandy promo. Like the first time she fooled us because everyone thought Brandy was putting herself in the match. And then she brings her out after that emotional episode. And, like, makes everyone believe, like, with the ice skating, she doesn't believe in herself. And then once again, she gets us again. Yes. And it was the extra thing that she came out in full gear that first time. Because she was in full. Yes, because she was in full wrestling gear, everyone thought she was going to wrestle. And then the second time, that promo is just to throw you off the scent. And then to bring it back, to tell the same story everybody thought she was going to tell anyway. But it still came off as a surprise. That's why I tell people. It's like when some people's booking and some people's ideas storytelling, I, I question everything. It's because I don't trust that it's going to be entertaining. With with mm-hmm. these guys, with her and Cody and how they entertain, sometimes... It might not, that first step might not be what I want it to be, but I've learned. I'm just going to wait a second and see how it plays out because they're getting more of a benefit of a doubt than anybody else. I also do this with Gato in New Japan. Sometimes, <laughs> like when there's a win and loss, I don't get it. So instead of jumping off the deep end and saying this is stupid, I, I, you know, I, I pull Naito. Right I, 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 I tranquilo. I tranquilo. Let's calm down. <laughs> and I, I was like, let's let's see what happens. And generally, I am whatever he comes up with. I end up enjoying. And but you know, we live in this time when it comes to wrestling, where everybody second guesses gear, booking, music. You second guess everything about the product. And just like I saw Cody, uh, I saw Cody post this, and I don't know how he said it, so I'm paraphrasing. Sometimes you just gotta let the artist paint, and then judge. You know, and that's what AEW's earned from me. They've earned yeah. the right to play their full song before I decide if I like it or not. Yeah, you're 100% right. And I think, too, a lot of fans, because of the Internet and just so many things, like you said, we're so skeptical. We're always looking for, like, you know, that, you know what's going to happen because we don't want to look stupid if we're wrong or, like, if we buy into it. But she got us, man. Oh, it, <laughs> she got it, us twice. Do you not enjoy wrestling? Do you not enjoy wrestling more when they get you? I want to get got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To me, that's when, that's when I'm the biggest like fan because I'm like, wait, you got me, and I've been watching for you know yes. thirty plus years. So, yes. Yeah, I mean, just that's the and that's what to me like it's obviously Brandy's a great example, and we're talking about that episode. But overall, that's just awesome yeah. to think what we can expect when AEW is on TV. So. Yes, they they more than more than often give me that eight year old feeling, and believe me, I love wrestling now. 
I am, you know, completely talk about it and all this stuff, but I love it in an adult way. I will never love it as much as I did when I was eight. Because <laughs> when I was eight, when I was eight, when the WCW went off at 7.05 on Saturday, you know, mm-hmm. if I if I didn't get to watch the Sunday morning, I was like, it was like, it was like I had the shakes until the net next Saturday because you didn't have, you know, the internet and all that stuff to get your, you know, the extra feel of it. You had to, you thought about what you saw. Maybe with me, I'd go get my wrestling figures and it, uh, you know, you know, kind of reenacted or whatever, but you had to wait until next Saturday. Yep. So it was the anticipation. It was everything. You did everything you could to just get that scrap of extra wrestling. But now, now it's like, you, you know, you want to watch wrestling, four-star match, whatever. You can do it at any time. And it's just like, but with a row two and being the elite, they have got me back to a little bit of that eight-year-old me that is anticipating every new piece of information that I get. That's how I feel with AEW, and it's been so long since I felt that way. So it's it's a good feeling to have that back where they make an announcement of the next episode drops this date or whatever, and I'm just like, I'm just like counting down to it. I'm just ready. Yes. And, and I feel like it's only going to get better when we have a two-hour TV show every Wednesday, and I'm sure we're going to get cliffhangers, and we're going to be talking a lot about what we're, you know, predicting the next week. And that just excites me for the podcast because – I can't wait to talk to Floyd after the episode and like, you know, talk about what happened and then be like, all right, now what's going to happen? I need to have that excitement again and have someone to talk about it with. Um, I'm so excited for that. Yes. When they said that we were getting a second episode of Road 2, I was that Jonah Hill gif where he's got the hands up and he's all excited. (laughs) That's that was me. And it's just like, I don't do that for a lot of wrestling. I don't do that for a lot of entertainment anymore. And it's just. That's kind of cool to be in that situation, to be in that mode right now that I'm in. It's just it, a, it is. It feels really good and refreshing, especially since we've both been fans for so long. To be able to get that spark back. I, I mean, I like I like modern wrestling too. Like I mean, like current wrestling out there, not just AEW. I watch other things and I enjoy it, but not in that way. Not where you feel that and like you said, that anticipation of being like when you're a kid. So to have that on any level back is is really exciting all right well uh we're just gonna go on with the news uh we got a few pieces of information first i thought this was kind of cool cody was responding to a twitter user that was upset about the roster and said everybody was short and he really didn't sound like he knew the roster very well he was like because he he was making you know like you got luchasaurus and jungle boy and i'm like Okay, I mean they're they're one act, a tall guy and a small guy. I mean, I didn't I didn't get what he was saying. I was reading it and I didn't really understand what he was saying. But yeah. this, yeah, and Cody was talking about the roster. He says we revealed about forty percent of the roster. That was the important part I wanted to take care of. Sometimes it's letter better to let the painter paint and then judge the picture. That was the exact statement. It was in front of yeah. me. I just didn't even see it. Uh, so yeah, let us. But the focus is the forty percent. Their roster's pretty big now. So he's saying that it's going to basically double. Now, I'm guessing they want to all be contracted wrestlers. So um, is he just talking about, is he actually talking about 
they're going to double the amount of contracted wrestlers they have? I'm just asking your opinion. This is not any insider knowledge. Or are you just saying, or you think he's just saying they're going to double the amount of wrestlers they have access to, as in the amount of different companies they'll be working with? Um, my opinion, uh, I think, for one, I think Cody will sometimes uh, kind of like Dusty tell a tall tale. I don't know that 40% is an accurate number. I think that was Cody making a point. But I do think he also, there's also with anything like he's talked about, I don't know if you remember when uh, Dusty passed away, he said to watch the movie Big Fish because it reminded him of Dusty and it's about this you know father who tells these tall tales, but then they end up being true and it's all true. So I think with Cody, I don't know that I 100% think 40% is like an 100, like an accurate 100% number that he's saying like that. It'll necessarily double. I do think he's making the point that we have a lot to offer, still a lot you haven't seen. And I think it's going to be, I, I don't think, like you said, I think it's going to be a lot of the ones maybe who are able to work within companies and not necessarily sign solely to AEW. But I definitely think they have a lot of tricks up their sleeve. I think there's going to be, I don't have a prediction, but I think it all out, I think we're going to have some kind of insane surprise, whether it's punk or something none of us are thinking of. I think they are going to pull something huge at all out that none of us are going to expect because that's their last event before TV. So I 100% think there's going to be something huge there. And obviously they're going to be saving some big surprises for TV. So I think that it's uh, 40% might just be, Cody putting out a number to make a point, but I do think he means it when he says that we have not seen all they have to offer yet as far as the roster. Yeah, I mean, Tony Khan's been very real about the fact that the first guy he wanted was CM Punk. And mm-hmm. if you think him wanting CM Punk has lessened over time, you're you're probably just fooling yourself. I mean, CM Punk would be a a huge get at this point. I don't think he's coming, but hey, he would be a huge get. And, you know, but I've also learned I don't doubt them. I don't doubt AEW, you know. I just, I just. No, uh, we've talked about this on the previous one that I was with you uh, for the uh, podcast about what if, you know, everything, the text message thing, you know, making the the comments about it's 2019, people do reveals, this and that. I mean, what if somehow they are, I mean, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to happen, but then I would be mind blown if they pulled off something like that and and all of that was leading to it and just really throwing everyone off. I mean, I wouldn't put anything past them because they're that good. Yeah, and um, like I said, I, I truly believe Mr. Khan, when he says they will work with anyone. So I think that's something that a lot of people don't take into consideration. I think AEW would gladly work with ROH. I think they would gladly work with Impact. Hell, if the WWE was willing to do 50-50 deal, I think they'd be gladly work with WWE. It's just, and that's why they're unlike any other company when it comes to that. So, if you're going to see names, and you're going to be like, well, isn't he signed to Impact? Well, yeah, probably. You know, because they're going to have such a big roster. You know, not everybody's going to be able to get on TV uh, every week. So, if you could do a bit of a talent exchange, and, you know, I'm just saying this. This is not anything I got from anywhere. But let's say, like, Private Party goes and work Impact for a few months while, you know, trying to build them up to get them back on TV or whatever. I mean, what would that hurt? 
if it you wouldn't. Get, and you, I think that's one of AEW's big things is, you know, at least maybe not AEW, but I know the elite is wrestling working together. That's why on the Jericho cruise last year, it was such a big deal. It was impact versus ring of honor and something you would never thought you'd see, but this is where we're at with wrestling in this day and age that companies can work together. I wouldn't rule out New Japan working with AEW, especially seeing Mox over there and Kenny's connection. I think there might have been some rifts here and there, but I feel like when I saw um, Jericho recently back in New Japan and seeing Mox, that that to me just made me feel like there is a good chance that we're going to see an AEW New Japan uh, partnership moving forward. Maybe we'll see some crossover talent, and I am all about that happening. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think uh, I would love to see a lot of different things happen. There, I will. I think there's matchups that you haven't even thought of that uh, that could come to fruition, like people that you wouldn't think could work with uh, AEW that are gonna work with them. I am very excited. Like, if I could pick anybody, I've always said right now, I pick one guy to be in the company. It'd be Killer Cross. I just dig his gimmick or whatever. <laughs> I, you know, and I'm hoping that happens sooner rather than later. So, but we got some match announcements this week. We did. Like, quite a few. I mean, they, they are starting to build. So, uh, let's see. This is the Philadelphia show. Uh, the Philadelphia show, October 16th. We're going to have the first defense of the AEW World Championship and the first defense of the AEW Women's World Championship. The Women's World Championship is very interesting because that it's going to be decided on October 2nd, the Women's Champions. So two weeks after the Women's Champion wins, she will be defending for the first time. And then that looks like, and then of course, it'll be the first defense of the men's title that same night. Uh man, how excited are you for that? That's huge. <laughs> that is huge. You have your two top titles being defended on TV, and that's, I mean, I, I don't even, it's, there's so much that's going to happen between now and then. It's almost kind of mind-blowing because you're going to crown your champion and decide your, your next, you know, your first number one contender for it. So how we're going to get there, I don't know, but that's a lot to take in thinking, you know, that's just within the first month of TV. Yeah, we're going to have two full shows. And I imagine they announced this stuff to boost ticket sales. I don't know if they even needed to. I think that name AEW sells <laughs> yeah, no, it. They probably didn't. Yes, the name AEW sells tickets. But I'm very excited. I'm very excited on who the champion's going to be. Uh, you know, and uh, Tiffany, and I brought this up, but I'm going to say it again. Go to, the, go to socialsuplex.com. And check out Tiffany's article on why it should be Hangman. Or you can go to her Twitter at All Elite Tiffany. And you, she's uh, linked that article a few times on her page. And you can check why she thinks it should be Hangman. And that's just, um, the women's title. Again, I'm very excited about the Battle Royal. I, I, I thought that was needed. And then today they a added another women's match to uh, All Out. It's going to be Rio. I'm so excited for it. <laughs> versus Hikari Shida. So do you, uh, I mean, if you're going logic, it'll be whoever wins this match is going to be the other contender, right? Or That's, am I, I mean, I feel like it has to be. I, I feel like they're treating the women's title very similarly to how they decided the men's and I love that because it should be equal 
I'm so glad, like we've, we've mentioned, that the Casino Battle Royale returned, and it's the women this time. I'm so excited for that. I think that's going to be just awesome. And the surprises, there's going to be a lot of surprises. I think Brandy's going to somehow wind up with the Joker, but, you know, I mean, I can't imagine how. She could never possibly find a way to get that, but I don't know. Something tells me she's going to get it. But, yeah, I feel like that person will face the winner of the Rio match against Shia. And, I I mean, I feel like I don't even know who's going to win uh, the Casino Battle Royale, but I feel like, like you said, Logic would say that that's how they're going to put up the match that's going to be on the first TV. Yes, and that just – because it was funny because somebody had hit Cody up and was like, it doesn't seem like we have enough matches. When are you going to announce the uh, next match? And he's like – Shh, tomorrow. And then they did yeah. it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Cody, once again, he had to, he had to say, mention it because he gets too excited. He can't keep his mouth shut. Yes. So we love him for it. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm very excited about this match. And uh, honestly, the only time I've seen Hikaru Shida is when she's worked for AEW. And that's the same way for Rio. I was impressed both times. I am loving that there's a featured singles match on the show. That is me big we, for me. We discussed how we wanted to see that. So I, I'm so excited about that, too. Yes. And it's, and it's a potential show stealer. I mean, I, I know that there are a lot of matches that, I mean, every time you think of a match on that card, you're like, whoa, that could steal the show. But this one is just as capable of it. And I think it is going to absolutely blow everyone away. Um, I think as, you know, as AEW's popularity grows and you see the TNT commercials, I've seen a commercial on TNT for All Out. People who have never seen these ladies wrestle are going to see them wrestle for the first time, and I think they're going to be like, whoa, wait, I, not to knock any other women's wrestling, because there's a lot of great women's wrestling, especially now, but it's something that they've never seen before, and I, I think it's really going to take on a new fan base of people that are just so blown away by what these girls can do. Yes, that's, that style, the women's wrestling in Japan, it's just not something that a lot of Americans have seen. Oh, we we know a lot of you know the hardcore wrestling fans that are subscribers to Stardom World and things like that, but you know you've seen Asuka, you've seen Io Shirai, you've seen all those people that came from Japan. They do get a bit of a watered down version of what they do in Japan, and it's like AEW's kind of letting them present it the way they normally do. So I think yeah, play it, their own music. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be able to see exactly almost like an unfiltered version of what they're doing. So I'm very excited to see how yeah, that without any other style mixed in, you know, yeah. that's what I think like we both said that one-on-one -on -one match we've been longing for it. And I'm so excited for it. Yes. Then the last match announcement we have is going along with private party and the young bucks in that first match on October 9th, also October 9th in Boston. It is the 10 guy. A.K.A. Sean Spears versus John Moxley, and depending on the results of their matches at All Out, I mean, you gotta say, you can gotta say, this could end up being like deciding that number one contender for the 16th. Yep, I was having that same thought. It's very possible. Um, I yeah the. That match kind of surprised me, to be honest. I mean, one thing with someone I've seen people mention, like, they're like, man, talk about long-term booking. And no kidding. Like, they're definitely setting the stage, and they, they're so well with that, like, setting things up and everything coming together and, like, long-term and just continuity. 
Um, but I, yeah, with that match, I mean, that's a huge match. It's, it's going to be great. And like you said, there could end up being a lot of, a lot more at stake with this match than what we realize right now. Yes. Cause they both could be coming off of losses. They both could be coming off wins. One could be coming off a win, a win, and the other could be coming off a loss. Either way around, and so it could. Uh, there's a lot of ways that can go. I'm very excited to because I like that Spears is getting featured uh, as an NXT fan. Like you know, I love NXT. He when I was when he did started doing the perfect ten gimmick, I was watching NXT, and it was like he was one of those people that you always thought were more talented than uh you know than he was booked. Then I was in San Antonio at the Royal Rumble when he debuted on the main roster. You know, like that redebut yeah. when he was came out at ten. And actually that was one of me and my wife's first wrestling shows together. That was actually her first actual full WWE wrestling show was that show that yeah, Sean Spears came out at ten. And it was crazy how loud it was when he came out. It was like, and you, and then the referee, when he would count, uh, he would get confused and get lost because instead of doing one or two, they would just do <laughs> 10, 10, 10. And I remember the referee getting lost like twice because the whole crowd was yelling 10, 10 and he forgot what number he was on. So he was over. He was over. Yeah. He was over. People have wanted to cheer him or just see him for a long, long, long time. So it's it's great to see him featured. It's about time. Yeah, it's like you know people and the people call them WWE rejects. So like maybe they're misused talent. How about thinking about it that way instead of rejects? Just you know. Yeah, maybe, that's you know. What, to me. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about somebody who are you calling Cody that? Because I'm pretty sure no one's calling Cody that. Yes. So yeah. Maybe maybe they should think twice before they use that term. And, and, and <laughs> as I've stated, and I said this with Amy, it is impossible. WWE was the only product for so long. It's impossible to not have some tie with the WWE at some point. I mean, now that's not going to actually have to be the case. But before that was the case, you know, even right. M- even right. even MJF. I don't know if you saw the thing where he played like a security guard in the background yeah. of a wrestling show. Yeah, and they, when they're in town, local indie wrestlers will have the security, or they'll be this or that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in some way, shape, or form, so many of them have probably been there even just for one night. So yeah. definitely, uh, yeah, you you're catching somebody that at some point, if you're worth anything, you don't caught a check from the WWE. I'm just saying, <laughs> that's how it is. So I'm looking forward to those matches. So we got line, we got some set up for the. Uh, we got two matches for the ninth, two matches for the sixteenth. The second we got, uh, we're the second we got the six man tag, and we got the women's title being decided on the second. It's just like we're loaded with matches for TV. They're built in advance, but they're done in a way where it's not really giving you anything. It's not, you know, it's not spoiling right. anything. It's like, yeah. Mark's now, do you like, think we're going to get um, a road to um, whatever the show title ends up being on TNT? I don't. Lead us to that first. I do think we'll get it, but I think it'll be three to five minutes, you know, 
maybe yeah. I, I think oh, yeah, for sure. I think it maybe instead of getting row twos or it'll be row two, it'll be like the AEW control center talking about what happened on Wednesday, setting up for what next gonna happen on the next Wednesday. I think that's well, why they're just from all out to the first TV. I mean. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think that's okay, gonna be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's those are okay. gonna be that's fun shows. Those are going to be fun so shows. I'm just okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we don't have a pay per view, but we will have, you know, uh, the first TV. So we've got to get a series for that, right? Yeah, yeah it's like a few, a full four weeks before. Yeah, you know, I you know. think we'll have the control center stuff too with Alex, which yeah. I really enjoy him doing. Yes, I definitely enjoy. I think that's. I mean, his commentating's coming along, but I think that's where he's he's got that you know legit sports background. He treats it yeah, seriously. He the most there. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, he's like the sports center guy for AEW. So that works. That definitely works for him. Um, but I, let's see. Am I missing anything? Did I? Did we get everything? I missed a lot. Yes. I, we may have got it all. Yes. Uh, yeah. They're gonna. Uh, we've said it before. Just gonna wrap it up. They're announcing the next two cities Monday. Uh, first, it'll be announced on BTE, but then AEW will announce it told to everybody at 11 a.m. Central, 12 noon or noon Eastern. So we're looking forward to that. I imagine we're going to get, of course, another uh, Road 2 show. And, uh, yeah, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about what we're doing, going to be doing at StarCast. So I'm looking forward to talking about that also. Anything else left yeah, from you? Lots of good stuff coming up. Yes, let's say yeah. You're gonna have plenty of content from us. Uh, anything else left from you, Tiffany? Uh, I think I think we've covered it all. Just once again, if you haven't for some reason, if you've lived under a rock since yesterday and missed Brandy's promo, the Road to All Out episode six, go watch it. You won't regret it. That girl nailed it. Let me tell you, it was so good, dude. I I, can't, I think I've watched it every day since it's you know it came out yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I watched it. I watched it, and then I watched it again right after, and then I watched it like twice today. It's just, I know. it was a home <laughs> run. It was like, uh, and I will tell anybody, I'm a big Cody fan. I'm not really obsessed with Brandy like that. I I mean, I like Brandy. I you know love Cody like Brandy. See, that's what's great because but, coming from you, it's more you know yeah. that, that almost means more because I'm like I said I'm I know I'm biased but but I mean I also call it like I see it but when you're not like you know hardcore Brandy fan then and you're talking about it like this to me yeah. that just means more yeah and that's what I'm saying I don't don't take me. I love Cody. <laughs> and it's like I love Cody. <laughs> and Brandy's Brandy's his wife and she amazes me. I I am in awe of all the things that she's talented at. But yesterday I wasn't even expecting it. Didn't know what to expect in the episode six. And she came in and home run promo. Home run promo. I don't think anybody can say anything bad about it. And if you do, I'm literally just going to call you a hater. I know it's different strokes for different folks, but that it hit every tone it was supposed to. And I just, I just thought, she, yeah, I thought how her expressions, everything, it made me scared of her. I, I plan, <laughs> I, we have a meet and greet with her Thursday before all out. And I plan to tell you when you cut that promo, I was frightened. 
<laughs> I was like, dude, I was like, I was like, I was scared for Sean Spears life in that moment. <laughs> in that moment, because it. It, it just came across that way. So for Tiffany, uh, remember to follow us on at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. Uh, and then it's at excuse me. I get tongue tied on it because it's at a couple times in a row and it's really hard to say. <laughs> then it's all things elite pod at gmail.com. So that's at AT elite pod on, uh, on Twitter and all things elite pod on Gmail. Hit us up. Let us know what you think of the show. Share it with your friends. Uh, we are, we do this for passion, but we like people, you know, to hear what we got to say. So for Tiffany, this is Floyd saying whether it's homework or school, always do your best to be elite. has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.